This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, Bishop Gerald Finke answers Catholic school students' questions on a variety of topics. The host for this show is Kelly Loper. We have Bishop Binky, and we are so thrilled to have him here. Thank Kelly, you. Kelly, I'm so happy to be here. I was just uh, thinking to myself, I was in Ann Arbor, Michigan uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and I stopped by the Ave Maria radio station yeah. there, and I was bragging, or not bragging, but just telling about what the wonderful work that Divine Mercy Radio is yeah. doing yeah. Uh, in our diocese. So I feel really blessed, and thank you listeners yeah. so much for your support of Divine Mercy Radio. This is a an incredible tool for evangelization, and that's yeah. what we all desire, right, is to bring people yeah. to the saving love of Jesus Christ, and that's what exactly. we desire for everyone. I know Al Cresta is supposed to be on at this time. A lot of listeners yeah. like Al Cresta. I like Al Cresta. He's a friend of mine. But uh, you'll have to put up with Kelly and I this, uh, this Well, hour. you know, they have to put up with Kelly, but they are going to be thrilled to have you. So uh, we're going to go to the introduction for Bishop Jerry Vinke was born the ninth of ten children of Henry and Fidelis Vinke. He was ordained to the priesthood June 12th of 99 at St. Mary Cathedral in Lansing, Michigan by Bishop Carl, how do I say that? Mengling. Mengling, okay. In 2012, Father Jerry Vinke was named a Monsignor by Pope Benedict XVI on August 22, 2018, the Feast of the Queenship of Mary. Monsignor Vinke was ordained the 12th Bishop of the Salina Diocese. And, you know, how does it get any better to be the bishop of the Salina Diocese and on Catholic Radio? Yeah, How cool is that? <laughs> well, I love it. I love it here, and I'm so thankful for Catholic Radio. I, yeah. Of course, I, Lansing, we had Catholic Radio, and that was a big, big uh, proponent of, of supporting their, their Catholic Radio, too, as well. And I know my mom listened to Catholic Radio every day yeah. when she was at home, so it was such a gift for her. Yeah. As well as, as for a lot of people too, so sure. a lot of a lot of conversions and it's yeah. it's great. So I feel blessed. I love the diocese and I love Divine Mercy Radio. So two, excellent, two loves. So good, so good. Well, I think they love you because I have two huge stacks from the school children oh, with boy. questions for you. So mm-hmm. we're going to get through as many of them as we can. Let's dive into this. We're going to start um, over here with Ben. Um, he's in eighth grade at Sacred Heart in Salina and Bishop. He wants to know, he says, I have always wondered, does God tell us to pledge ourselves to him and only him? If so, why do we pledge ourselves to the American flag? Yeah, <laughs> good it. question, yeah. Ben. That's really yeah. great. You're on the right track, and it's 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 more of a both and rather than an either or in yeah. a sense because St. Paul tells us to uh, part of being a good Christian is to be uh, to be a good citizen as well. So we do make the pledge of allegiance and so on, and 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 so it's really uh, important for us to to always see things as not one or the other. Sometimes because it's 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 it is a both and it yeah. it makes sense if you're a good Christian, you're going to be obedient to the laws that that's given to us and so on. And and scriptures tell us to do that as well, but of course. You know what happens too, though. Sometimes we may disagree with what our country is doing at times, right? And part of being a good citizen is to really, really try to correct what's going on and to do the right thing. So, uh, Ben, I would say that yes, we God is our highest priority. We we pledge our obedience to Him above all. But it also means trying to be a good citizen by following the laws. We don't want to be driving. 90 miles an hour through through a town uh, we want to to follow the law so that we're we're good citizens as well so excellent really good ben i hope that answered your question i hope you're listening all right so the next question comes from nicole she is in eighth grade at tmp marion junior high and she had two questions for you number one did you ever think you would be a bishop no i didn't <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy one right yeah no. <laughs> that was uh just caught me completely off guard yeah, so yeah what's it like when they i'll, I'll add a, a question here what's it like when they call you and say you know 
I, I still remember the day it was the Feast of Corpus Christi uh, three years ago, 2018. I was in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. I was helping out seminarians on their eight-day silent retreat, and I was directing four seminarians. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I got a call from the nuncio. Yeah. And the first thing he asked me, well, are you sitting down? Yeah. And um, I said, no, but should I? And he said, well, and the Holy Father has named you uh, the, the Bishop of Salina, yeah. and the and the the, the papal nuncio sp speaks with a French accent. I thought he said Cheyenne, oh. Cheyenne, and I go Cheyenne. He goes, no, no, Salina, Salina. Oh. So uh, didn't know, never been here before, but uh, I I fell in love with the diocese very quickly. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a beautiful place. From what beautiful I can people. tell, yeah, beautiful people. From what I can tell, very generous, yeah. generous faithful people yeah. from from what I can tell and it's interesting you said that because I was with uh, I was in Dad city yesterday and I met some uh, I was talking to a, a woman and she was telling me her story and how she did this um, internship for a school in New York and and when she was being interviewed there she goes why did why did you come and because they recruited her to come out yeah. and they and they said well because we know that Kansas people are hard workers mm. and very kind. Yeah. And that, that was the reason. I thought that was really spot on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What I find from Kansas people, yeah. hard work, very kind. Yeah. All right. So from the second follow-up question from Nicole is, what sport did you play in junior high school? In junior high school, I, every sport I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I, I'm the uh, the youngest of seven boys in the family, yeah. so I would say we were always, always, uh, we had a big yard growing up on a farm, and every chance we had, we would play basketball, football, baseball. It was so much fun. But at junior high, I know I played football, I played basketball, and I also ran track a little bit too. Yeah. What what uh, what part of track? Well, I ran the four hundred. Okay. Yep. And eight hundred. Yep. Nice. Very nice. All right. So next question. This one is from Madison, twelfth grade at Sacred Heart in Salina. Mm -hmm. um, when you were younger, who inspired you? Love that. Well, that's a great question, Madison. I think I had so many different inspirations. I I would start off, of course, with my parents and uh, just their faith. They're always. They were always, they always put God first mm -hmm. in their life. Uh, we, uh, even if we went away for a day or whatever, we were always going to go to church. First thing we we're going to do is go to church. And so that was very inspiring about how they just, they, they just lived their faith in a, in a very beautiful way. And, and uh, you know, both my parents are deceased now, and I sure do miss them. And I always uh, thank God for them, really, for their, wonderful beautiful witness of their faith and uh, but I also had believe it or not my my dad had four sisters that were Benedictine nuns and I remember just I, I would only see them every you know every so often because they lived in Louisiana but I just remembered how incredible joyful they were about about life and just loving God they just seemed so happy with with their life and it was a beautiful witness as well but but there's so many but I, I would say definitely my parents really inspired me and yeah. in the faith they they were just they you know we prayed before meals and we sometimes we'd pray the rosary together as a family but they it was just just very evident in their life that they really loved the Lord yeah. so it's That's a gift. beautiful. Yeah, I know. I'm so blessed. Uh, yeah. Blessed to have yeah. my parents, and I, I think you maybe know I, my mom just died a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So that I'm was sorry. Yeah, yeah. but, but she, it, you know, I heard that you, you said you know 95. Yeah, That's 95 amazing. is a beautiful yeah. life, and yeah. and I was very fortunate to be with my mom, and I I even remember just um, two nights before that uh, she died. I, I did all the prayers of, of a priest for, for someone who's dying, and anointing of the sick, and the apostolic pardon, and prayed the rosary and divine mercy chaplet with her. But uh, I was getting ready to celebrate Mass at her bedside, and all of a sudden I just had this feeling like, because I got the crucifix to put on the, the little altar that I had set up, 
And I go, Mom, do you want to kiss the cross, the crucifix? And all of a sudden she had this burst of energy because she really didn't, she was hardly any movement in her, and she couldn't really speak, but she just emphatically shook her head yes. And uh, and so I held a crucifix to her, and it's it was like, wow. She was embracing the cross in a very beautiful way. She really, in many ways, she, the question was who who could you uh, imitate? But you know, my mom. Not to talk about about my mom, but I just it's so much on my heart. But I spent that week, last five days of her life with her, mm-hmm. and uh, she had fallen. It was the third time she had fallen. Mm. She had a wound in her hand, the kind of, mm. and that never healed because she fell down, and she had scrapes on her forehead, yeah. and it just reminded me so much of the passion of Jesus, and it was almost like Jesus was living His passion through her in a wow. very beautiful way, and and so it was really a that I'll, I'll always remember that yeah. the rest of my life, just how. And to, so thankful. It was always, It was almost like I was there at the cross all over. So it was very beautiful. So definitely my parents, just a, a beautiful, beautiful life. I mean, they weren't, I mean, they, they just were faithful to go into church. And uh, it, it was just, you could tell, just very much it was from the heart. Yeah. All of the mothers out there are, are hoping that their children will have the same sentiment someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah you never never get your parents. I, I, I go back to when I was with my dad, too. I was so blessed before he died, too. But I remember asking him. Um, uh, his parents had died when he was seven oh. and then nine years old. Wow. And uh, I asked him, I said, do you ever think about your parents and think it's been over 70 years since he had seen them yeah. and he goes all the time yeah. all the mm-hmm. time and it's so true we just don't forget our parents yeah. we just yeah. we just um, yeah it's such a a blessing the, the God knew what he's doing right <laughs> when he <laughs> he created obviously yeah. to give us a family and, uh, yeah. and and parents so all right so Jacob who is in eighth grade at TMP Marion Junior High. Mm-hmm. Two questions again. What should I pick my for my confirmation name? Wow, that's a good question. Jacob, I would say this. Pray and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. I picked St. Stephen, and I was I was inspired by just the, he was the first martyr and just uh, uh, defending Jesus and speaking boldly about Jesus uh, when it wasn't popular. And uh, but I would say, especially a lot of people, it seems like a lot of confirmation students, and I love uh, celebrating the sacrament of confirmation. Like a lot of people, like if they like farming, they pick Saint Isidore because he was um, the patron saint of farmers. And uh, there's other people that pick um, different ones. Whatever Cecilia is a popular one yeah. for girls who love music. But I would say if there's something that you really enjoy in life, too, or, or something that you feel God has blessed you with, like different talents, maybe sports or farming or hunting, um, maybe look for the patron saint mm-hmm. of whatever that that uh, you desire to get into in your life. So. Yeah. Well, you know, judging by his next question, maybe he should pick St. John Vianney, the patron of priests, because he says, what is a memorable mass you said? And that's pretty insightful for an eighth grade boy. So um, maybe maybe there's a you know a vocation to the priesthood in the making. Who knows, right? That's a that, thank you, Jacob. That's beautiful. That's yeah. really beautiful that you would yeah. even uh, mention that. So mm-hmm. yeah, Saint John Vianney. I actually have been to ours where he mm-hmm. lived, and I celebrated mass there. I had beautiful just experience but you know you ask the most beautiful memorable mass there's been so many and every mass is beautiful because we're you know offering ourselves to to god and god is in return giving us his very life and but i would say the most memorable masses than the times when i've been with my parents when they're when they were dying on their on their on their beds and just celebrating mass there for them, mm-hmm. uh, I'll I guess I'll I'll never forget those. Those were yeah. 
those are beautiful moments, uh, especially for a priest, uh, to, to be able to celebrate Mass with your parents uh, when they're dying. Just a yeah, lifting. right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Get the food for the journey. Yeah. Food for the journey. And offering, offering your parents to the Father with Jesus yeah. is, is such a beautiful gift. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah very special. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and I've had some, I can remember too, because he asked about memorable masses. I'll never forget too, I was a young priest and I was just totally exhausted and just didn't have any energy. To, and yet I felt so much like it was almost like Jesus took over for me. I was, it was like he just was, I just felt his presence like he was, he was taking over for me. And it, what's amazing was here I am exhausted, tired, worn out. And it happens a lot sometimes. <laughs> but it was, I remember a couple of people said, and this was the daily mass. Yeah. And people said, two people came, said that was the most beautiful mass they've ever been to. And I, and I just knew it was Jesus who, and who's always really offering himself. Yeah. But I think the Lord, thanks be to God, he really takes over in a very special way, especially when we just don't have much in us. Yeah. And uh, the Lord always provides for us. Yeah. So. Um, all right, so Miranda um, is a seventh grade at Sacred Heart Salina, and she says, uh, she has two questions too. What happens to people who commit suicide? It's a rough one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, a great question, and obviously every situation, every person is different, and we know that, that um, uh, something like suicide, it's a, it's a grave matter. Um, uh, if they... You know, they if they know it's a grave matter and they do it anyway. I mean, obviously that's a it's a mortal sin. Um, and we, but we could also say too that we just don't know what their mind is at at that moment in their life as well. And even the catechism uh, states something so so wonderfully about this too. Uh, the catechism, the Catholic Church says that we should not despair of the eternal salvation of persons who have taken their own lives. By ways known to him alone, God can provide the opportunity for solitary repentance. Mm -hmm. In the church, we pray for people who have done this, of course, and um, and we know this is a an issue in our in our world today. There's suicide rates keep increasing, and I think it's because um, uh, the world just continues to make promises that it really doesn't keep right uh, this happiness that they're going to have and and uh, and 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 really i mean obviously the we, we can find happiness in somewhat in, in different ways but but just the um, just the, the way the world is today it just it's just hard it's really hard we need jesus we need him so much in our life yeah. so Miranda, thank you for your wonderful question. It's a very pertinent question in our life. It's reality in our world. There's more and more. Uh, please talk to, if, if anybody's ever thinking about that. Please uh, call out for help, and uh, uh, just please uh, be patient. Tough times don't last, um, but God always does. So. All right, so next part of her question, what happens after we die, and how do they know where to put us? <laughs> That's good. Well, thank you. Was that from Miranda, too? Yeah, that was That's from Miranda, too. Yeah, good, good uh, question, Miranda. Yeah. You're a deep thinker. Yeah. Maybe you'll be a philosopher. So when we die, there's an immediate judgment that happens, right? Uh, that happens, we see God face-to-face, -face, and there's an immediate judgment. And then after that, uh, we'll be... It will be the second judgment, the final judgment, when Christ comes again, yeah. and all of us will be judged, and uh, we we'll know where we're going to go. In a sense, uh, you know, our bodies are in the ground, but our souls are still are very much uh, still present. Every every human person, we're going to live forever. Yeah. Uh, every one of us is going to live forever, yeah. and uh, that's why we should shoot, you know, for heaven. Always, always strive for heaven. Um, don't don't strive for purgatory. Purgatory is a place where where we um, obviously it's like 
getting that shower before we uh, I always try to explain uh, purgatory as, as a mom whose uh, whose child is playing in the mud and mm-hmm. and wants to come in the house and sure the mom's going to let her let this child in the house but first you got to take a shower before you can sit on the couch and i think that's the same way because there's no sin in heaven so all of us perhaps if we're not saints have some saint we are saints but there's some might be some stain in our life that needs to be purified and and that's why that that time is is necessary for us that that, that really that cleansing in our lives yeah. so but shoot for heaven and, and that's really the, the key to life is just to have the humility to Lord I, I need you uh, I know I'm a sinner please forgive me and uh, the Lord will never turn us down all right so the next question comes from Reagan and uh, she is in eighth grade at TMP Marion junior high okay. number First question: Can you share a fond memory of your mom? Oh, Aww. that's so sweet. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. apropos there. Yeah, well, how sweet. Um, you know, I, I have. That's a great question, Regan, and I really appreciate you asking that. And uh, so many memories. She's uh, joyful, but you know, I I just want to share a story that when I w- graduated from high school, I worked for in the summer. I worked at a construction company. And at this construction company, so we were building houses, right? And um, I remember that the owner of the company, the construction company, there was a lot of plastic rolls. And I decided, you know what? They got plenty here. I'm going to take one home. And I don't even know why Mm. I wanted it, but I thought maybe I'll use it one day. Mm. So in a sense, I was stealing it, right? Mm. And I remember brought it home, and my mom saw it in the car and she just really like did you take this is it did you buy this or did you take it and I you know I kind of defended myself and 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 said you know they're not gonna miss it the guy's got lots of but she just really like begged me to do the right thing yeah um it was it was wrong to take it Mm -hmm. and she just she didn't yell at me she just, she just, you should do the right thing, mm-hmm. and I I'll never forget that, right? I mean, it wasn't, and, and so that that's a that's a memory that I that I have that, you know, and and I did I took it back, yeah, I took it back because it was the right thing to do, and uh, so but there's other memories too. Of my mom, I think, uh, gosh, I I remember when I was a. Uh, I'd come and visit her on my day off as a priest, and uh, I'd often walk in the door, and she was sitting on the couch, uh, reading the Bible, mm. uh, reading the, her prayers from the from the for the ma- for the daily uh, mass masses, and, and so it was just beautiful, just to to see her have a relationship with Jesus in a very beautiful way. So, it, it, I always I, I always think my mom she. To me, it was like a love story uh, with her and, and Jesus and Mary mm-hmm. as well. And just so another, I want to share one. Thank you for asking, because I'll share another story w- about my mom too. Was I would she lived in assisted living the last couple of years, and she had the uh, like some very beautiful statues of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and I would call her up, and often she would tell me the same thing that she would just often like those images of the heart of Jesus and Immaculate Heart. She says, sometimes I just sit here and talk to them mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and to Jesus and Mary. And that was just a really beautiful, I imagine she was probably praying for all her children. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah no, th- thanks, for, thanks for asking. I really appreciate you even caring, Regan. Follow-up question, have you ever experienced something you knew knew and she has it in all in capital letters you knew was very holy and made you stronger in your faith wow that's great yeah so she's a she's a thinker isn't she, she? is a <laughs> great thinker i like i want, can't wait to yeah. tell her in person thank yeah. you <laughs> you know what i i think just you know to me i i spend time every day in in front of the tabernacle 
and I know Jesus is there, and I and I can tell that I've really I can tell He's there. Some I mean I can tell He's there at times, and and really I know He's there, and just have felt His love for me in a very powerful way, and even I have a uh, the sicker heart of Jesus in my chapel too, and I often look at it and I can just sense Jesus saying, "Come to me, come to me." you who are burdened and labored, and I will refresh you. And so those are those moments that I, yeah. But there's a lot of times where I don't feel God's presence. I mean, I think most people go through that, right? But, and that's faith. That's why it's faith. But I've had some very beautiful encounters, especially with the Blessed Mother and, and uh, just feeling their love for me in a very powerful way. We need to take a short break right now, but don't change that dial. You'll want to hear more of Bishop Vinky's answers to Catholic school students' questions. We're back on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture on Divine Mercy Radio. Bishop Gerald Vinky answers questions from Catholic school students. Kelly Loper hosts the interview. All right, so Lily, um, she's in 10th grade at Sacred Heart in Salina, and she said, what was your faith like as a young kid? Yeah, that's a great question. So obviously, um, never really thought about being a priest then, and I, it was probably more as a, as a child just doing what your parents, it was more of a duty, right, because my parents were going to church, but I, I often went just because it was what my family did. It was probably a little bit later as a ch- that I really developed a personal relationship with Jesus. But so I, w- I would say that it was just doing what my parents told me to do at that moment. And looking back, they told me all these things to do because they loved me and wanted what was best for me. And that's, you know, to keep the faith, to... Uh, to have that relationship. Now, another memory of my mom was that every month, so I had six older brothers, three sisters, and we lived in one house together. In fact, uh, us seven boys had shared one bedroom, yeah. and we only had one bathroom in the house. Yeah. And believe it or not, we got into lots of fights <laughs> and arguments and uh, and so on. So my mom would, um, would, would uh, every month, we would go to confession and that was such a blessing, right? Because you, you can hold resentments against people. You can, you can uh, really be angry with them. And, and really going to confession was such a blessing yeah. that, my, uh, that we did as a family, yeah. often at once a month. Yeah. So that was, that was great. Next question is from Colin. He's in eighth grade at TMP Marion Junior High. How is confirmation like Pentecost? Great. These eighth graders, look at them. Yeah. Colin, if you're paying attention, I hope you're listening, but one of the questions I ask at uh, when I meet with the students before confirmation is, okay, so I go over the four Gospels. I go, okay, how many of you can tell me what is the book in the Bible after the four Gospels? And unfortunately, maybe only maybe 5% of confirmation classes get the answer. And it's the Acts of the Apostles, Mm -hmm. of course, the story of the early church, and Pentecost is right at the beginning. And that's when the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and you look at Peter, Peter who was a coward, in a sense, not coward, but he just denied knowing Jesus. He didn't want to be crucified. But when he received the Holy Spirit, oh my goodness, what happened, right? They're out of that upper room, aren't they? They are out of there. They are are just... I'm giving my life to Jesus, and yeah. it so, it's such a powerful encounter. Well, you getting confirmed receive the same Holy Spirit. It's not a lesser quality. It's not a lesser amount. It's the same Holy Spirit. So it is just like Pentecost. Yeah. And uh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is coming to you because he loves you. And thank you for saying yes mm-hmm. for those getting confirmed because you're really saying yes to God's desire to just fill you with His presence yeah. in a very powerful way. I, uh, I love the Sacrament of Confirmation. Oh, wow, it's such a, such a blessing. Yeah. We need the Holy Spirit in, mm. in our lives. So, 
great question, Colin. So it's it really is like Pentecost. You're you're receiving the the holy the fullness of the Holy Spirit, just as Pentecost. I'm Cheyenne from tenth grade at Sacred Heart in Salina. What if you want to become a sister, but you're not sure if that's what God's plan is for you? Yeah, <laughs> yay! Thanks yay. for even yay. considering that, Cheyenne. And I hope hope all young people really discern whether they're called to be a priest or a religious sister. And obviously, most people are called to marriage, and such a beautiful sacrament. Uh, but Cheyenne, I would say this: to, to continue to pray. I would spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament as much as you can. And if you ever get an opportunity to visit religious orders wherever they are, um, a lot of young people are really discerning the call to religious life today and uh, you know, to, to not be afraid. I remember reading one, one um, young woman who wrote about why she's a religious sister and she just said, I realized that I've been loved for all eternity. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and, and just that, that falling in love with, with God, that God has loved me so much, and, um, but, and just wanting to love in return. It's a calling. I mean, I'm a priest because it's a calling. It, you can't, you, you, re- it's, it, you really have to, to take time to listen and that's why spending time in front of the Lord is really important. And as, as, as God the Father told uh, Peter, James, and John at the, uh, at the Transfiguration, listen, listen to Jesus. And if he calls you, you'll know your heart, your heart will, will tell you. So. Excellent. Love that. All right. So Ariana is in eighth grade at TMP Marion Junior High. She has two questions. How do you become the best Catholic you can be? Wow. Wow. Wow, Ariana. Yeah. These are, that's a great question. So, Ariana, the, um, you know, St. Therese of Lisieux, this beautiful saint who wanted to be a missionary. She wanted, she wished she could have been a priest, but she couldn't. And she said, you know what? I, my vocation is to love. And really, isn't that everyone's vocation when it comes right down to it, right? To, to, to love God and to love our neighbors, to really um, to love them as Jesus loves them, which is hard, hard for all of us, but to really try to, to do that. And, and St. Therese also mentions that God makes all these different flowers, right? Uh, roses and violets and petunias and all these different flowers that God creates, and they're all beautiful. And, and so God has called you, Ariana, to be who, who you were created to be, a, a specific type of flower, perhaps, in a sense. And, uh, but really, uh, I would say when, it, when it's all said and done, to really uh, pray for the grace to love, to love God more and to love our, our brothers and sisters, our neighbors more, too. And that's really when it comes down to it. Because at the end of our life, as St. John at the Cross so beautifully tells us, we're going to be judged by our love. Mm-hmm. We're going to be measured by our love mm-hmm. for, for God and for others. So it's a great question, Ariana. It's awesome that you would even ask that question. So thank you for striving. And uh, it just really takes prayer of, of just, it, it really is. The fact that you asked that question is, is probably because God has put that on your heart, that he desires that for you. Who was the youngest person you confirmed, and how old were they? Oh, that's a great question. I think uh, the youngest person I've confirmed, I think it's a seventh grader. Okay. I, I, although, now that I think about it, there were some young people who were uh, like a baby. No, I can't, I can't remember, but I, I, I'm, I'm sure there's probably somebody younger, but I can't recall right now. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. We'll we'll take that. So we think it's seventh grade, but could be younger. All right. So um, Kevin is in 12th grade at Sacred Heart in Salina. And he says, I have always wondered, can an individual that is part of the LGBTQ community be a Christian, a Catholic? Okay, Kevin, you're asking a a tough question, but uh, a good question, too, because that's... uh, uh, prevalent in our society today and we 
we went to address it and not hide it under the under the rug. Kevin, so a great question, and I would say this: that every you know every person's heart is different. There are people who are really opposed to the church's teaching and want the church's teachings to be changed. And one, one would say they're almost uh, obstinate to what the church teaches in every way, right? There, there's people who might belong to that community who are very, just trying to, just totally against the church in every way. But then there's other people who are trying to live a chaste life. They might belong to the LGBT community, and they, but they're trying to live a chaste life. And there, that's a big difference, right? That there, there's people that the hearts are different. Um, people who are hate the church because of the, perhaps the the what it, what they perceive as the church's teachings. That you know, some people think that that the Catholic Church hates people who are who belong to the LGBT community, which is not true. You know, we we love them, and we always want to preach the truth to them because we love them. And obviously, God does not want us to, you know, God God came not to give us permission to sin, right? He came to set us free from sin. And I, and I think, you know, can a person belong to that community? I mean, obviously, if they're trying to live a chaste life, they're trying to do what's right, that they're, they support, you know, what the church is trying to, to, to teach. And, you know, just, just know that the church loves loves them. And uh, so I hope, hope that helps uh, with that answer, too. So, Al- Alyssa. Alyssa is in eighth grade at TMP Marion Junior High. What made you want to be ordained? Wow. What yeah. made me want to be ordained a, pr- a priest, I would think. I would, well, she didn't say. Yeah. So, say. Alyssa, that's Alyssa, right? Yep. Yeah. Thank you for asking that question. I, you know what, for me, I... Um, was probably a little bit later vocation. I never thought much about uh, being a priest when I was in eighth grade or ninth grade, although I always uh, had a respect for priests. And I remember when I was in uh, like junior high, there was a priest who actually played minor league baseball uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies that was at our parish. And I thought, wow, this guy, that's really cool. Yeah. Here's a former minor league baseball player, and he's a priest. So that, that really help but I would say then uh, just to share with you Lisa that um, that when I was a senior in high school I had a girlfriend and the priest uh, we were walking out of church together and the priest uh, stopped me even though I had my girlfriend with me and said have you ever thought about being a priest so it was really uh, some priests who another priest said the same thing to me in college that, that asked me if I ever thought about being a priest and it, to, it was just a, it kept on coming back to me, and I would try to fight it, and many times I would just say, no, I can't do that, I can't. I just, you know, I didn't, didn't even think I was good enough to be a priest, and and uh, in, in the sense of just being smart enough and, and, and just holy enough, you know, to be a priest. But the Lord kept on calling no matter, it just... I would try to put it off, but the Lord just kept on calling and finally said, I, I'm going to give this a try. And I thought I would be in the seminary for one one year, maybe at the max. And I just knew this is what God wanted me to do yeah. in my life. And I could have said no in a sense to it, but I, I found a lot, of, obviously, the joy of doing God's will is, is, is so important. So, so yeah, I'm a happy priest because I feel like the Lord called me to this life. So, yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful life. Actually, Alyssa had three questions. Wow. So the second one, do you like Kansas more than Michigan? I do, and I'm not making that up either. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, Michigan has uh, maybe a little bit more water, but that's not a big deal to me. But I love the weather here. I mean, look at today. <laughs> well, it's 80 degrees, and Michigan's got it's cold during the winter, and it's cloudy. Obviously, my family's in Michigan, so I, I miss them. But... Uh, but I really love Kansas here. I just, just I don't know, it just feels home, yeah. like home. Yeah. So, yeah. Excellent. I love both, but uh, I, I do love living in Kansas. Yeah. yeah. 
Good. All right. They want to keep you around here for a long time, I think. So well, uh, that's I awesome. What was your confirmation name? That's her yeah. question. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mentioned it before, but yeah. it was Stephen, the yeah. first the first martyr. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So um, Andy is in 10th grade at Sacred Heart School in Salina. He's got kind of a long question, two questions here. How do you determine an action's morality when the act itself is inherently bad, yeah. but it is done with a good intention? An example is stealing food from the privileged in times of war to feed the hungry. Yeah. That, that's a great question, right? Yeah. And that's uh, one thing we learned in moral theology is you can't do an evil act to produce a good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's the fact that that's a, a question even today, right? Can we do evil in order to produce good? Technically, no, we can't, right? Um, now, he mentions stealing bread. Now, Thomas Aquinas, believe it or not, mentions mm-hmm. that in... in like food is, is something you need to live by, right? Money's different. Yeah. Money because you, you don't need money to live, but you do need food to live. But if it's for uh, for the good of, of, of feeding someone, it, it's okay to do that, right? But so there's a, it's a matter of the heart. If you're just stealing food just for, you know, to, to do something, yeah, hoard or, or whatever, just out of selfishness or whatever. Obviously, that would be completely wrong. So, so all those questions and are, 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 it's a great question. And um, the other thing too, uh, in order to be a mortal sin, you know, you have to have full knowledge. That has to be an evil act. You have to 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 desire to do it in a sense. So, so it all depends, right? How it's not a black and white question. It's really, but there are certain evil acts that are never, never can be done. (laughs) Um, Connor is in eighth grade. He's at TMP Marion Junior High. What is your favorite memory growing up? You've given us quite a few of those. Yeah, lots of different memories. I think just, just my family, just, um, I, I would say, like I said, I had six brothers and three sisters, so we just playing sports with them and hanging out at, in the house and yeah. just being together, yeah. yeah. Yes. So. Excellent. All right, so Ellie, 12th grade, Sacred Heart Salina, I have always wondered how to forget or heal from an event that happened a long time ago. Yeah, boy, and does the world need healing, right? Mm-hmm. I, went, I went on a retreat um, uh, through the uh, John Paul II Healing Institute they had one for bishops, and they went through this healing, this forgiveness aspect too. And Sister Miriam James, who is a well-known speaker in the church today, a religious sister, and she led us through this forgiveness. And I believe it or not, somebody that came up to me that I, in my heart, I didn't realize how much I hadn't forgiven this person. But during this meditation, uh, she led through this prayer, and I was able to really bring that person with me to the foot of the cross, and we were, in a sense, embracing each other out of mercy. So it's it's really it's it's easier said than done to forgive someone, and it takes, you know, just asking the Lord for that grace to forgive. Lord, help me to forgive that person. Can you? Did she say anything else there? That yeah. I've also how to forget heal from an event that happened a long time ago too. Yeah. yeah, so really, it's yeah. I I mean, I'd love to to. It would be great if she had an example, but I yeah. think just just really, um, you know, God desires us to be healed and to be forgiven and to to forgive others as well. So if God desires it, then you know that God is on your side in this in this uh, aspect of your life. So, yeah, it's a good question. I, um, it's obviously, the world needs healing today so much. There's so many, I would say the number one thing is just people who have wounds from the past, from, uh, from hurts, from people who have hurt them in the past. Yeah. And uh, God desires to, to heal us. Yarley or Yearly, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Um, eighth grade, TMP Marion Junior High. What is uh, your favorite type of music? 
Oh, wow. Okay, that's great. Right now, I love to listen to Christian music. I, I really do. Now, it depends what mood I'm in or whatever, but sometimes I li- just like to listen to classical music or even a little jazz here and there. Um, but I actually just love a lot of Christian songs that I really often, um, like I sometimes I, when I'm driving and I'm doing getting to, uh, getting ready to do a confirmation, I'll put I'll play uh, uh, Holy Spirit, you're invited here, yeah. you're welcome here, and I love the song. What a beautiful name it is, Jesus! What a beautiful name it is. I love Reckless Love, yeah. that that song too. I just love uh, just really those those songs that touch your heart because yeah. you you've been there. And I I mean I'm probably have listened to. Jesus, what a beautiful name. It is the name of Jesus. I probably listened to that 500 times. Yeah, it is a beautiful name. So so I would say that right now. Yeah. So this one says, uh, from Melissa, 10th grade, Sacred Heart in Salina, have you ever doubted your religion or what you are doing in life? Wow, that's a yeah. great question. Put you on yeah. the spot there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure. I mean, there's doubts at times too. Um, you know, faith is always faith is always in jeopardy in many ways, right? In fact, I think a saint said that faith is always in jeopardy uh, because we have to keep saying yes, uh, yes to our uh, to God. So there's times when I get down on myself and think, you know, just thinking uh, you have doubts about. Am I, am I following God's will in my life? And uh, that's why it's always to go, for me, it's always important to, to, to pray because otherwise I, I would hear these different voices in my heart and my mind that uh, this is the wrong thing. So, but, but uh, yeah, so I think all, all of us go through the doubts, right? Yeah. And uh, those questions arise in our hearts. Yeah. yeah so, anyway. Um, so Braden says uh, he's from eighth grade at TMP Marion. Why are service hours part of confirmation? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> right. I have a feeling Braden doesn't like service hours. Yeah, Braden. In, in a sense, I mean, confirmation is really God's gift to us, right? And and uh, we don't have to uh, do anything in a sense except to just say yes to God. And his love for us, but I think what what why the why, why we do have service hours is just to show that we take this very seriously. That part of being confirmed is that I'm becoming an adult, I'm adult member of the church, and so being a member of the church is really ser- serving God, loving God, and loving His people. So it's really a way to just show that okay, I'm taking this seriously. That I want to always live my life not only now in my preparation to get confirmed but throughout my life i want to help other people because this is what god has asked us to do Mm -hmm. to be his hands and his feet in the world so so yeah i know it's not easy i know um you know sometimes we can complain about those things too but in the long run it's going to be a great blessing plus when you do service hours those people you help you're really serving Jesus in them and being Jesus for them. All right, so Alex, 12th grade, Sacred Heart in Salina. Is it super fun being a bishop or is it super stressful? Wow, (laughs) maybe a little both, right? I mean, it's not easy being a bishop today, that's for sure, but it's probably, it's never been easy, I don't think. But it's, um, I would say that it's probably a little bit more difficult today Talking to bishops who have been bishops for a long time, it's it's a little bit more difficult today, because just partly because the world's the, the our country's divided, but so are sometimes a little bit a lot of people in the church are divided yeah. as well. And there's just been so many different things that have happened in the, in the church the last couple of years. One bishop uh, told me about a year ago. He said, Jerry. You're the only bishop I know who hasn't gotten a honeymoon. You know, after mm-hmm. you first get ordained, you get this like a le- little leeway of just kind of like can relax a little bit and find how things are going. But it's been one thing after another. But you know that that's where that's where God wants me. So I'm I'm fine with that and yeah. just keep praying and and just saying yes to God even. 
just keep saying yes. That's what I keep on doing. So, so a little both, little both. All right. So Julian, eighth grade, TMP, Marion Junior High. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone? Yeah, absolutely. I had a high school girlfriend. Then I. Uh, during college or right after college I would actually stay with that relationship in college for another year and then uh, after college I dated someone and then uh, dated uh, another another woman for for a few years before I entered the seminary so yep I've I've dated quite a bit before I entered the seminary Thomas 10th grade Sacred Heart Salina why has God not gotten rid of all the evil in the world well, it's because of our choices, really. I mean, it, we have free will, and that's the thing that God, God does not make us love Him, right? He gives us that free will. Otherwise, we're not robots. He created us out of love, and we have the free will to decide the choices that we make. And the reason why there's evil in the world is because of the choices, because of sin yeah. in the world. It's, it's the choices of, uh, of, of people, so... It's unfortunate, but that's why if we can turn back to God, our country would be a lot better off. Now, if he's talking about natural disasters, which can happen too, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a great mystery in life too as well. Why, why does a hurricane happen or tornadoes or something? But God, God always brings good out of every situation, every situation, and that's, he is the great redeemer, right? He really... Yeah, whatever happens in our lives, we can trust that God is going to bring some good out of it because He loves us and desires our salvation. Let me say a prayer. Is that okay? Yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, we come before you. We need you. We depend on you. You came to rescue us, to save us from sin and death. Thank you for your yes to us, your continuous yes and your desire to be with us for all eternity. So, Father, we ask for your blessing upon all the people who are listening today and your loved ones. Lord, please protect them from all evil, and uh, may they just continue to know of your presence, that you love them, that you will always be with them. And may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 101.7 KJDM, Lindsborg, Salina, 105.7 KMDG, Hayes, 88.1 KRTT, Great Bend, and 88.1 KVDM, Hayes. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.